Welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. We provide education and information on senior care topics. Here's your host, Ryan McGinnis. everybody and welcome to another edition another episode another recording another whatever of the caregiver's day in to- the life <laughs> another day in the life of the caregiver's <laughs> toolbox tools for everyday caregiving we give you information education on senior care topics my name is ryan mack and if i am here with janet janet how are you i'm good ryan so i own the company janet's director of client care and we get together and we chat about senior care services we talk about retirees we talk about employment with retire anything to do with people that could use home care or senior services we'll talk about but our focus is usually on private home care but one of the things we we had a, a guest in a couple weeks ago like i said i'm trying to have a guest once a month um to talk about their side of things on on something and 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 a topic whether it's a topic whether it's an industry or whether it is a uh service um you know to Give a little bit more perspective on some of the things outside of our little bubble here, which is really two people. Um, so we by no means are ex- experts. We just slept at a Holiday Inn last night. So what we a couple of weeks ago, we did have Tyler Gates on. I thought that was a really good conversation yep. about saving for, for retirement. I mean, you know, I, I find this stuff interesting. Hopefully other people do. I know that for a lot of people – finances are extraordinarily stressful because it's it's like um being a little kid and you're in the dark and it's like hey we need to go under the bed and look at the boogeyman right in the face or the monster in the closet and if i don't look under the bed i won't see the boogeyman so i'm not going to deal with it and kick that can down the road for for years and years and years until the can can't be kicked anymore or the damage is already done but one of the things that when we were talking about this and I got to do the plugs first. So if That's you right. are interested in learning more about us, you can go to our website, mwhomecare.com. Um, you can read our blogs. You can read our listen to our podcast there. We have videos there as well. If you want to go straight to the videos, they're all uploaded to YouTube. So you can look up the Caregiver's Toolbox on YouTube. And then if you want to be a guest on the show, reach out to me via Twitter at get, at get Big Red. Um, you can find me there. You'll see my picture. Or you can reach out to me via email, ryan at mwhomecare.com. I'll consider a lot of different people. Obviously, you need to be involved in senior care somehow, have some type of story related to it, something along those lines. But we would love to have more guests on the show. Um, and that's my big plug. So we were talking with Tyler Gates. We were talking about how difficult it is to save for care. But two of the articles that I was thinking about bringing up with Tyler, but we we – clearly wanted to speak with him one-on-one then talk about articles were these two that i see it saw in the wall street journal that came out roughly um the same time frame um excuse me not the same time frame but in the last year um so they're both very relevant and it's just talking about how difficult it is for older adults right now um in general one is that um older adults are not entering into the retirement years um with as much money as they they um, should have. And then secondly, one of the problems that's exasperating that issue is that when um, when se- when older adults, they're not seniors, but older adults, people over, we'll say 50, have a career change, they are seeing that their career change is not, uh, I should say, not just a career change, a 
um, unwanted career change. They either yeah. laid off or they're fired or something along that lines happens. They're not able to find that kind of money that they had with a previous job, or maybe they've officially retired, but realized that their savings isn't lasting as long as they'd like, or they want more. When they go back into the workforce, they're not finding jobs that match up with the education and experience levels that they have. And what I mean by that, it feels like they're getting jobs working at the Home Depot or working at yep. Walmart or doing more of a cashier at a, a grocery store when, you know, they were previously an engineer, um, you know, two years prior or five years prior. Um, so, yeah. so that's kind of one of the things. And the reason we bring this up, or at least I bring it up with my little monologue and then, then is that, you know, there's this trickle down effect, right? We have right now, a lot of our clients that we have are paying for their home care personally, right? They, they right. have a nest egg that they've been able to afford this and they're paying for that. But I think also you're going to see, and you also have a certain percentage of people that have their kids that are that's right. Involved in paying for this as well. You know, maybe their their child makes a lot of money. Maybe their child doesn't make a lot of money. I guess, to, but somehow they're they're whether it's the HELOC loans on the house, whether it's taking the money out of retirement or just mm -hmm. supplementing it through second jobs or just living a lower lifestyle, they're also paying for this care as well. Yeah, and many people, many of those people you're talking about are that sandwich generation that they talk about because you're trying to support your parents and you're trying to get the kid through college without you know, having a loan that's going to last a thousand years. Absolutely. And so one of the reasons we bring this up is we're trying to get people to think about the future. This isn't going to affect Minute Women in the next 10 years, 15 years. It may never mm -hmm. affect Minute Women because we're, we are in a bubble in New England and in the Boston area where there is a lot of wealth here. But this is not just talking about New England. This is talking about everywhere. Mm -hmm. And what we're finding and what they're seeing, ironically, is that, um, you know, Social Security, as we know, is, is, is nice to have, but it doesn't pay all the bills. It usually supplements your income. It is not a replacement for your income. And you're and the seeing the future of that is unknown. The future of that is very unknown. Um, and you have a very high average debt. Um, and the reason people are, are aging parents are... Uh, are getting involved in this debt is because they 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 they're paying for their child's education that this 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 issue with the education from what the Wall Street Journal is saying is it it's a double-sided sword right now the kids are 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 going to high-end colleges that cost a lot of money and either they're the ones that can't pay the bill and they're starting to default on it or the parents start paying for it and that depletes their income where they're obviously uh, uh, paying for their kids' education by taking away from their future retirement savings. Yeah, and there are people that are doing everything they can there, and it could be a whole other podcast. People are downsizing or want to downsize, but it doesn't mean you can – sell your house, move to someplace little that's going to save you any money because of housing. So it's a whole big mishmash of costs without cash, you know, <laughs> and you got to find a way through it. Absolutely. So you're, you're seeing, you know, you're, when we talk about different generations, we're talking about the World War II generations, right? Yep. So we're talking about, um, you know, your father, your mother, Janet, that's the World War II generation yep. kind of people. The greatest generation that didn't have a credit card, didn't have debt, 
paid as they went. Paid it, cash. Paid cash. So worried the, about another depression. Those aren't the people that were that are having issues with savings necessarily. It's Correct. the baby boomers that are. The people that are in between 55 and 70 years old right now. And the problem mm-hmm. with that is, is that they, you know, we've talked about this before, is that there's been a lot of overspending in their life in having the three-car garage, the McMansions, and the the three beamers, then the kids have to go to private schools of some kind, and then there wasn't a whole lot of savings. Well, what this is saying is that people that that um, that are doing this is that they don't have, excuse me, they don't have a lot of money in their 401k. The 401k is on average bringing in about $8,000 a year, which is like 800 bucks a month, um, less than that. And this is going to cause ripple effects down the road when, you know, Right now, that we have an issue with with people not going into nursing homes. Nobody wants to go into nursing homes. It's just the way it is. So where are people going? People are going at private home care, and people are going to assisted livings. Assisted livings more and more are looking like glorified fight, glorified nursing homes in some situations. There are probably, I would say, every nursing home in this area has two or three people in it at least that are probably no longer appropriate for assisted living, but they are making it work in there because they promised to mom and dad that they would never go to a nursing home. Yep. And so, so what this, what the reason I'm bringing this up is, is that a lot of people are privately paying for the nursing care that the Medicaid should be paying for, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're paying for the housing of the assisted living and then they're paying for either nursing care or private home care to go in there. Right, because assisted living is what they refer to as a social model, not a medical model. Exactly. So what happens when the next generation in 10 or 15 years doesn't have the money to supplement a quasi-nursing home as an assisted living and getting private home care in there, and then they're forced to go into a nursing home? Mm Mm-hmm then you're really going to be stressing the situation. And I think that's kind of how I'm reading some of this information from these articles, that that there aren't as many people in nursing homes as there could be. Yep. And that's going to probably change in the next 10 or 15 years. Yeah. And then on top of that, there are major staffing issues because there aren't enough caregivers to go around. You know, so you have your problems with that. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're in – you're seeing in little bits and pieces some of the regulations for some of the assisted livings are looking at changing. Yeah. You know, most people, the average person doesn't realize that, yeah, there is a wellness nurse in that facility, but they can't do their um, their insulin shots, you know, and to bring in a nurse to do that daily. Those are the quandaries that a lot of people are finding with the assisted living. Maybe things will change. Maybe assisted livings will have someone come on board that deals with that. Who knows how that evolution will go? So some numbers, more than 40% of households headed by people aged 55 through 70 lack uh, sufficient resources to maintain their standard of of living in retirement. That's around 15 million American households. Uh, The percentage of families that have any debt headed by 55 or older has risen steadily for more than two decades to 68% in 2016 from 54% in 1992. Americans aged 60 through 69 have $2 trillion in debt in 2017, an 11% increase per capita from 2004, um, according to the New York Federal Reserve data adjusted for inflammation, uh, inflammation, inflation. So you're dealing with people 
racking up even more debt. Yep. And I don't know how that's going to – I mean, I know how that's going to affect things. It's not going to be good. Yeah. It's, it's... People aren't going to have the money. And and that brings up the, the other article that we can talk about is, is in the same the Wall Street Journal came out basically a month ago. Um, the booming job market can't fill retirement shortfalls. So what they're talking about, it's amazing that, you know, it is amazing that we have we have unbelievable unemployment. We have unbelievable across the board. Um, you know, you can obviously get into whether the jobs are quality jobs or not. But the fact of the matter is when you're looking at bird's eye view, there are a lot of people working right now in this country. Mm-hmm. And there are more people working right now than there ever have been. So that is obviously a positive thing um, when you start looking at a macro kind of uh, wide wide angle lens type thing. Yeah, but, and if you want to be Debbie Downer, like I'll be right now, you can say the unemployment level, those numbers could be very different because it's not including all the people that have, like you said, been outplaced by their job and can't find another job and have given up. Unemployment's based only on the people they're actively looking. That's true. That's always true, and that's that's uh, that's you know that was kind of the case with the Great Recession. Was you know the the, the, the overall feeling was that the unemployment rate was a lot higher because there were so many people that just had given up yeah. because they had spent three, four, five, six months looking for work unsuccessfully, and so they just stopped, stopped looking. looking. Yeah. So, anyways. The, the reason this brings up is that they use an example of Greg Miller, a former environmental engineer and contract administrator, was laid off in 2017. He recently gave up looking for full-time work after sending out more than 400 resumes. So mm-hmm. a 65-year-old guy, and, and I would say most people feel that 65 is not old. Like, it's you're, you're aging, you're getting older, but, you know... 65, you still, there's still people 65 playing pickup basketball on the weekends. You know, they're still, Mm -hmm. they're going for runs. You look at the Boston Marathon, there are plenty of 65 year olds that are still running 26.2 miles. And what, what the, the, the problem is, is that, you know, it's really just ends up being a situation where people are, are, uh, are, are being, it's ageism. Yeah. And I think there's a feeling that automation can replace experience in, in many situations. When, so the life experience where somebody who's 65 could probably contribute a lot, there are there's the, the thought process, I think, that some of the technology is sufficient yeah. and cheaper. And so, and so the unemployment rate for older workers is 3%, which again, bird's eye view, looks good. Mm-hmm. But the problem is the, the quality of the jobs that they're, they're, they're getting. And that nearly 8 million older Americans are out of work or stuck in low-quality jobs that offer little opportunity to prepare for retirement. So, again, it's going back to maybe it's maybe it's those Home Depot jobs, those part-time Home Depot jobs, or the ones that are paying you hourly to greet people or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Even if they do have a retirement fund that you can pay into, you're making such a low wage that it doesn't really accumulate. Now, granted, if you're starting to save for retirement at 65 years old, you're already well behind the eight ball because you need time and you need consistency of putting money into a retirement account. That's how compound in- interest and in, in works. But the problem is, is that, you know, these, these people are getting laid off and they can't find another job yeah. that is even in the realm of what they were making because of, nobody's willing to hire. Nobody's right. willing to consider. 
So, you know, another 5.8 million Americans or 23% of full-time year-round workers age 55 or older are employed in what the economists describe as quote-unquote bad jobs that offer no health benefits and typically pay poorly. Um, a decade ago, about 20% held these jobs, according to a census compiled by the Minnesota Population Center. Uh, these jobs, quote unquote, these jobs will, uh, which might be right for some, tend to offer low wage pay and little opportunity to save retirement, um, said Alicia from the Center of Retirement Research at Boston College. Yeah, the company's trying to save on benefits, and we could spend hours talking on the cost of health care. So to put someone on the um, the health insurance plan, you know, it's in your later life that you take a bigger chunk out of healthcare, and uh, the costs of that have skyrocketed. So that's a risk for a company too. Absolutely. And it said workers 55, 56 and older earn on average. I wonder why they put 56 there. I bet why wouldn't you do a round number like 55? Probably because it would have skewed a little bit. But workers 56 and older on average earn 27% less in their new job after they've been unemployed for at least a month. Only one month. Mm according to Stony Brook University economist, economist David Wixer, compared, compared with an average raise of 7% for people under 30 years old. Yeah, and, you know, I can't help but wonder if this doesn't feed into, you think of the, um, the high cost of child care, and there are households where what somebody's bringing home only covers the child care. They're not getting ahead by that. But there is that fear that if they leave the job market, what are they going to be worth to reenter the job market a few years from now? And so they have to keep working to be of value to get their top dollar. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's it's just one of those things where, again, you know, they I, to me, those articles tie in very closely to one another because when you're, you know, f when you're 45, 50 years old, you, you know, usually people's uh, uh, money-making years are in that 40s and 50 years old. And then when retirement was 65, obviously it went down. But, um, you know, those are the years where you're able to really – put away a lot of money and you should be able to put away a large a large amount of it and one people aren't doing that because they're forced to be paying the debts that they have including their kids college tuition debt but additionally when you have layoffs and if you we are to have another recession which will happen sooner or later i mean i think most people say we're overdue for such a recession there is going to be a contraction in the economy, so there are going to be people that get laid off. And if you do read the Wall Street Journal regularly or any newspaper, you know that GM's laid off people. You know that Apple's laid off people. I think Apple just laid off some people. I Maybe think so, yeah. Um, I know that Elon Musk has laid off people at both Tesla and at um, – and his rocket company, I forget the name of it, not Blue Origin, but whatever, SpaceX. So there are still layoffs going on. And, and layoffs come for a number of different reasons. And maybe a lot of that layoff has to do with China's re recession mm -hmm. that's going on. And that's obviously exasperated by um, the tariffs that we have going on. But at the end of the day, regardless of the tariffs, regardless of whatever, we have been on a hot streak for way too long. And yeah. there was something that was going to happen that's going to retract uh, the 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 size of the economy and whether it's policy or whether it's just simple economics, it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. And what's going to happen to those people that get laid off? Well, I, I think it's interesting that the whole um, 
To me, the whole government shutdown, take the politics out of it, not talking about any of that, but for the people that were affected, for the people that didn't have paychecks, and some of those people were even were government workers that were going to get back pay or whatever, but you listened or you read in the paper or you heard interviews of these people that were finding it so difficult to get by. And we were talking about something that was roughly 30 days long, you know, and these were people that, you know, of course, the you always hear the extreme stories and you hear the things of the sure. person that had to to pay their mortgage. They had to change their insulin dose to every other day and hope they woke up in the morning because they couldn't get the money to buy whatever they needed for medicine. And you're hearing all these different things. Well, that's like a little microcosm of of what goes on when sure. people don't have the money. And people haven't saved and people haven't prioritized with saving. So, I mean, it's 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 certainly one of those things where um, you're absolutely right. When you take the politics out of it, it's just shocking that people can't go 30 days without, you know. The, I remember growing up, my parents were very hard to instill. Like, you would be surprised if, if how many people – would start missing bills if they missed one week's worth of pay. Yep. So when you miss four weeks worth of pay, even though you know you're going to get paid on the back end if you're a true government worker versus a contractor, yep. it's you know it's still like hey you know this and this there's no rainy day. There's no rainy day fund, which is concerning. But that's why every once in a while we bring this stuff up because I think it's important to remember that regardless of how old you are, whether you're 40, whether you're 50, whether you're 60, or whether you're 20, you the you know I've said this to you, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. I quoted you Sunday for <laughs> that very the, issue. It's a great quote that you know yeah. some Chinese proverb or whatever it is, and it's a it's it, it is always. It is always going to ring true. Yeah, it would have been better 20 years ago, 10 years ago, if I had kept running and hadn't gained some weight. You know what the best time to start running is today? It's today. And that's the same thing with saving. And you can, there are plenty of things out there um, to look at saving and look how to, to, to do that. But, you know, we're all going to get older and we're all going to die. And yeah. in between that getting older and that dying, there can be a lot of things that, have, now you might be the person that has a heart attack and, you never needed one second of private home care in your life. <laughs> there or you, you go. could be the person that gets dementia. Yeah. You, you know, like they say, Murphy's Law has not been repealed. And, you know, um, things always go wrong at the worst possible time for most folks. Yep. And, you know, it's not that you you can go through life panicked. We'd never get out of bed if we actually thought about all this stuff. But it's like, what can you do? to try and manage what could be down the road. Absolutely. So, I mean, listen, it's not easy. It's it's like we talked about it. it, it for a lot of people, it's the boogeyman in a closet. Okay. And, and there there's no judgment here. I'm sure everybody in this building could do better oh. with, with their savings and making silly mistakes or making big mistakes across the way. But, um, you know, this this stuff is, is – this rooster is going to – to uh, to start crowing at some point in time, and there are going to be a lot of people that are sitting there going, "What do we do now?" Because I don't have any money to pay for the and services. How did this happen? And how did this happen? Yeah. So, anyways, Janet, thank you for talking with me about this, and thank you all very much for listening. And we will catch you on the next. One. Thank you. Bye.